The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Today on Stick to Football, coming to you live from the quad in Alabama. Alabama LSU is going to be an amazing game. We are sitting down to start the show. And I'll tell you, this show's all interviews today. We have Adam Kramer, we have Jim Nagy, we have Landon Collins, we have Jacob Hester. So this is an interview show of Stick to Football today. Connor Mello here with me and our guy, Adam Kramer, the best damn college football writer in the world. I appreciate that. You're too kind. You're just being nice. We had a good dinner last night. <laughs> uh, really good dinner. Kept bringing us beers, even though we didn't ask for beers. And then just a fountain of beers. A lot of people argue, like, what's the best kind of beer? Like, free beer, cold beer. How about (laughs) beers that you didn't even order? They just show back up to your table. I think that might be the new number one. I had a beer pyramid at one point. Um, Again, no complaints. Tall boys, too. They were big beers. Very big beers. It was a good night. But you have been on the road a lot. You were actually with P.J. Fleck. Like right before the the news broke that he was signing a seven year deal, how uh, how was the boat rowing in Minnesota? Yeah, uh, I've wanted to do a story with him for a while. Like he's just such a different dude. And I'm there Monday. The deal was announced basically Monday night, Tuesday, and he looked happy. You get thirty three million guaranteed, right? You're going to be yeah. happy. But like the dude is just so naturally like he, like that energy and positivity i i don't know people think it's manufactured like that's the knock on flack is like ah it's it's an act but like man i've been around him a couple times this year that's just that's just a real energetic dude it's as real as it gets and uh no it's fun and yeah he got 33 million out of it not too bad when you start the season 8 no i think you tend to have a little bit more energy than when you're going 4 and 4 at Minnesota. He's really got things rolling there. Was there anything you took away? What was the vibe from the campus? I think people are excited. Like, that program's kind of learning how to love a football team. And I don't mean that as a negative. It's, you know, the Vikings are right there. Like, downtown Minneapolis is, there's a lot of options. Uh, so, yeah, people knock the strength of schedule. People knock, like, all these different things. But um, they're they're embracing it, regardless of who they beat. Look, Penn State is a different animal. The rest of their schedule is different. Uh, but, no, I, I, I think... You needed to lock him up with Florida State open. USC's going to be open. Other jobs will be open. He is a commodity. The agent we talked to was saying, like, guy's not not in trouble. There's no nonsense, positivity. He wins. He's rebuilt two schools now. Like, yeah, like, why wouldn't you look at him? I think a question a lot of our listeners and fans have really wouldn't they see a college coach get a mega extension is, is this guy going to ever make the jump to the NFL? And you've spent – more time with him, probably yeah. definitely more time than any of us have. Do you see that in his future? I think a bigger school is in order. You look at the way his contract is set up. I think he's happy where he is, genuinely. But there's some buyout lingo where the buyout shrinks pretty quick. So they're going to keep him, and then they're basically saying in a year or two, like, yeah, you can make the jump. I don't know if that 
and I like it. It's infectious to me. I'm not sure that would work with NFL players. I'm not. It may work, but he'd have to. You'd have to curtail it. It's just. It would have to be different. But at a bigger school in the right right place, and I think he recognizes that. Like he's very self aware. He knows that he's different, and he knows that it's not going to rub people all the right way. And uh, so I don't know if that would work in the NFL. I'd love to see him try though. But there's some of that. McVeigh's got some of that, right? Like there's some some flacking McVeigh. You know? yeah. yeah. Like so, if you win, it works. It doesn't matter what you do. Exactly. That's that's really the, the big thing. Yeah, and with Minnesota, like one thing that's always surprised me, and we were talking about this last night at dinner a little bit, is that it's become a national program under PJ Fleck. If he goes away, that goes with him, and that's why I think he could actually work at a Florida State or at Tennessee or USC. He could go anywhere. We we talk a lot about like regional coaches. You know, yeah. Tom Herman has to stay in Texas. You know, yeah. Lane Kiffin belongs in Florida. Do you think PJ Fleck is like a, truly a national coach? Well, he's from like middle of nowhere, Illinois, right? So like you think of geographically, he could kind of go anywhere. He's sort of his own brand now. Yep. The thing that's interesting though in college is there's so much money being poured into every school, like Minnesota with the Big Ten contract. Like they can pay a guy. Four million a year now, and not yeah. like think twice about it. And five, ten years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. So that's changed a lot of it. I know talking with agents too. That's the big thing. They can't pay ten million a year, uh, like USC is going to try to do with Urban, but they can pay four, five if they have to. So uh, no, I, I think I think he could go anywhere if he wants for sure. I want to stop you. You really think USC goes ten million for Urban? I think they'll do anything in their power to try to get ten million well, for Urban. I, that's the market. I think it's going to take yeah. a lot to bring him out of. Uh, the media. I, I think that he loves doing it right now. So I do He's think good at it. USC good at has it. the money, so they can throw a lot of money at him and say, "All right, that's what we How have." How do you protect Come yourself out. though against him getting sick again? And I'm uh, doing air quotes. You, can't see I me. think if you're USC, you don't care. You're so desperate that mm-hmm. you need somebody. We've said that at dinner. Like you need somebody to get you to a Ryan Day. Like you need somebody yeah. to get you there and where he's gone. Uh, it hasn't gone particularly well, yeah. but but the market for coaches, Dowell makes like nine six, Saban's around nine. I think absolutely he could command a ten million dollars. Look at what Florida State paid Willie Taggart over the course of two years with like the buyout and then basically twenty million dollars. Like, yeah. So it's there's so much money and it gets weird. NCAA pays players, blah blah. I get it, but like from a, what these guys command, yeah, I think and I think he'll be torn. I, I get mixed vibes about what he'll do, but ten million a year would be all right. 10 million there are not a lot of jobs I could turn down for 10 million, <laughs> $10 million. dollars I mean I think I could do almost especially anything. a guy like that who is genuinely addicted to coaching football yeah. in Los Angeles and I think they could <laughs> yeah. they could give him a lot of money he probably doesn't want a lot of years well, I no, mean, yeah, yeah but four but, but years he's probably good to go it's the whole Saban logic here I've had this conversation with people Saban makes nine million a year he's probably could command and be worth double that in terms yeah. of the value he's brought this school when you look at enrollment you look at just marketing like nine million a year for Nick Saban is a is a bargain that's a yeah. bargain. Like that's that's cheap for him. And I think that point makes a lot of people wonder like what is Lincoln Riley going to have to make one day mm-hmm. to keep him at Oklahoma? I, it's a great question, and he, I, I think he's genuinely happy. Uh, I think he knows he's got it good there because in that conference you can win a lot of games. You can throw for Unfortunately. a lot of games. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I know this <laughs> is very personal. It recruits itself. Yeah, yeah, and he's recruiting great. Uh, the best quarterback in the country every year will go there if there's room for him. It's an incredible mm-hmm. pipeline, and if that changes, I think a lot of it 
is out of his control. But that's another 10, 10 million a year is just the theme of this. Matt, I mean, you you know better than probably anybody here. That 10 million a year, he's, he could get that, right? I mean, Oh, he could absolutely get that. He could get it in the NFL yeah. as well. I mean, John Gruden got 10 uh, over 10, or that's the rumor at least. So, <laughs> yeah, I would think if Jerry Jones uh, decides to move on from Jason Garrett, 10 million is nothing to Jerry Jones. Like, that's a fart in the wind to Jerry Jones. He does not care. Money, that's not counting against the salary no, there cap. Is no, there's no coaching salary cap. Yeah, so... It, I think he's. I think he's brilliant play caller. I think if you, you know, again, continue. You, you saw it against Kansas State. Like defense is still an issue, even though they're repairing it. In the NFL, you could get a, like a Wade Phillips just to like, you know yeah. what, you do well, your thing, and I'm going to do this. It's, yeah, yeah, the Sean yeah exactly. it's the same system. So yeah, I, it'd be very alluring. But I do think he genuinely likes it there. I think his next move would be the NFL, though. Yeah, I, I think he likes it too, which really sucks because I am a Texas fan. <laughs> I, I think he stays at Oklahoma for a while, it's, but Cleveland. It's probably going to open, and yeah. we're sitting at you know where Freddie Kitchens might be coaching next year. Like I'll, I've always wondered, like is Baker enough of a draw to get Lincoln Riley to Cleveland? Are you saying where he's going to be coaching, like Land of Myth and Toys quad. film yeah, room? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Go to the Bama film room. That's right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Freddie comes back to Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I think absolutely. he's got a home here. Go, go scout Ole Miss tape in right. February, and it, then you get a job again. It might be interesting to see what he could be like. In college, though, because he is a very... It would work. I don't know. Yes. I think he would resonate well I with do. young people. Maybe more than he is this year. I mean, it's look bad. at how much Baker Mayfield fought to get him as head coach. Like He's not that far removed from a college campus. I just... you Lincoln Riley, you watch, and wherever he goes, you just feel like he'd fix it. Like, you mm-hmm. take that... You look at Dallas, like, well, oh, my God, Dak would be so good. And, like, it, it's... I don't really have that feeling about a lot of offensive coaches. Yeah. He's, like, the surest thing in the sport yeah. when it comes to offense, for sure. Yeah, so if you had to, and I know you're not like you're not an NFL writer, but yeah. you're obviously an NFL fan. You know football. If you had to take Lincoln Riley or Ryan Day for the NFL, which one do you think is better? I'd take Riley probably just because of experience, but Day is on his yeah. way. In terms of scripter, it looks like he's going to be the next one. Uh, I know people going into this year because it was like Ryan Day, Chip Kelly's little protege, and and people I talked to were like, no man, like this is. This guy's for real. Mike Rabel tried to make him his OC in Tennessee. Man. So, like, the NFL likes this guy. Yeah, he does. But, no, Riley at this point, not for money. You could make an argument of $5 million a year less. Like, you know what I mean? What it would cost. Yeah, yeah. But, again, another guy who's got it great. And the teams that he plays, they're going to beat the hell out of most of those teams. Like, I mean, both of these coaches are in really good positions. All right, that is our guy Adam Kramer. And what are you working on next? I do want to. I didn't get a chance to ask you last night. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm trying to get that down you can here. Talk about. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. I, I've got a couple of recruiting stories. So like the early signing period has changed my life a lot. I know the first year at BR when that happened, we we're like, it's not going to be a big deal. And then everybody signed. <laughs> right. Like, every player just signed. So we're like, all right, we got to do a better job. So I got a couple of recruiting ones. I've got a couple of Bama stories. Yeah. I got to get to Clemson. Uh, if LSU wins, I'll probably get to LSU at some point. We, we had a kind of good LSU idea last night. Yeah. So lots of stuff, man. It's a home stretch here. It's kind of crazy. Man, yeah. I remember one of the days that I used to be sick every every year, every school year, <laughs> even when I was a student, would be National Signing Day, like early January. And I missed it. I, I took a sick day a couple of years ago. And I was like, what the hell? All these kids have already signed. It's right? not, it's it's not the same. They've, the game. they've crushed it. Like they've, they've crushed it. The coaches are kind of mixed on it. You talk to them. Because if you're coaching the playoff, you're – you got to sign a class, so right. we still we got to we got to churn out content. So yeah, we'll, exactly. we'll, we'll get content. Right. Yeah, it's like mock drafts. We can do one every week. People don't care; they want them. All right, that is our guy Adam Kramer. Stay tuned. The rest of the show we have Jim Nagy, Jacob Hester, and Landon Collins. But we started with the best, our man Kegs and Eggs on Twitter. Adam You're Kramer. Too kind. 
We promised you a ton of great interviews today and a repeat guest, one of our favorites, Jacob Hester, an LSU legend. I was telling him I was getting a haircut like two weeks ago, and he's on TV putting the ball in the end zone against Florida. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is everywhere I go. But welcome back to the podcast, dude. Glad to be back. Yeah, I'm sure those highlights were a little grainy. It was before HD. It was not HD. Yeah, yeah it's VCR quality. But, hey, it's all good. It was against the Florida Gators, so that's all that matters. Yeah, well, we appreciate you coming back. You're like a tailgate tour legend now. I mean, you're two for two. Uh, when we go to LSU, you're here. What is this game like? You're a guy that's played in it before. Yeah. What is it like? So this game's a little bit different now than when I played in school. When I played, look, we beat Alabama all four times we played them. And they're still some good teams. In 05, they were number four in the country. We came here and beat them in overtime. Then 07 was Nick's first year. And there was no way we were losing that game, right? <laughs> Our old coach coming back and playing against him. Uh, so there's some good games where we're fortunate to get four victories. But, man, this thing's turned into a circus yeah. each and every year. I mean, it's you're going to have a top-five matchup. And Alabama's got the best of LSU the last eight times. I mean, there's nothing I can say here <laughs> that's going to change that fact. So, look, LSU's got to get a victory. And this is this is a team set up to really challenge Alabama and get that victory. As you all know, man, having number nine back there, he's so damn good. And he's a guy that changes everything for LSU. You're searching for that guy for a decade. I mean, you had a year there with Mettenberger and the Met Show, and it was really, really good. But he's already eclipsed that total that the Met Show had back in the day. And so he's setting records, and uh, it's fun to have a guy that you can count on at that position at LSU. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about, being so plugged in with the program. And Are you surprised Burrow is taking this kind of jump? Because, I mean, this is something we talked about. It's probably, hey, fourth round, maybe he can climb up into the third and second. And now it just seems like a top five lock. Or are you just, this is what you thought he could be. I think anybody would be lying if they said, oh, yeah, I yeah. saw him doing what he's doing. I mean, he's going to set the completion percentage mark yeah. for a single season. I mean, he's going to beat Colt McCoy's record. He's, he's up, which hurts us. Which Texas hurts your fans. heart, I know. <laughs> Not I'm, only did he beat us, he's going to break our record. I, yeah, almost, I almost didn't even say the stat in front of you. <laughs> but, I mean, so he's having like an all-timer season. And yeah. you knew he'd have some growth because they were changing the offense. And, hell, Joe hadn't taken a snap under center before he got the LSU since middle school. And so he was trying to learn a new offense. This is one he's grown, uh, grown up in so you knew he's going to make a stride he saw the the stride kind of go up last year a&m the seven overtime game right he had a hell of a uh, matchup there the uh, fiesta bowl against central florida after the guy took a little cheap shot at him joe got pissed and then threw four touchdowns on him <laughs> and so it's, it's kind of funny every time somebody hits joe late are kind of questionable he gets mad and plays better so i'm hoping one of the alabama guys can do that the coin toss so uh look he, he's to, to say that i thought he'd be doing this i'd be lying to you but i knew there's going to be some growth and it, it's all preparation it's all pre-snap stuff and he's ready for every situation they're going to throw at you and pro uh gms and coaches and scouts are going to love when they come to lsu and they hear the coaches talk about how joe prepares for a game because i was fortunate enough to play with manning and rivers in the nfl they're the two best guys I've ever been around as far as being ready for every situation. And Joe's on that schedule. He's on that pro schedule where he's grinding all the time. You don't see him out at the college bars. You don't see him out at the restaurants. No, he's always watching film. The dude didn't go home for either bye week that LSU's had. He stayed there and grinded tape. And so uh, he's been special this year, that's for sure. So you buy into – and I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan. I've been on your radio show talking about it a lot. Um, you buy in that this isn't a system thing. This isn't Joe Brady 
and Jamar Chase, like, you buy in that this is actually Joe Burrow? I think so, man, just because I know what he's doing pre-snap, and I know how much flexibility they give him pre-snap to change the play and getting the right look and knowing the coverage and knowing which route to put his guys in. So all that stuff, man, usually when you're a college guy coming in, you have to learn that you're a rookie year, and he's already got that, that base knowledge of it, and he's been accurate too. Anywhere they've told him to throw the football, he's put it on the on the spot. When you're 70% on – Throws 15 plus yards down the field. That's, that's an ins- unreal. That, that's an insane number. Yeah. He's, he's over almost 60. To 80 on the yeah, year. He's almost, he's over 60 something percent, 20 plus yards. I mean, if you're 50 50, that's outstanding. And he's in the 60s and 70s in those stats. So I think it continues to, to play in the NFL, no doubt. Well, I've heard enough about Joe Burrow for a while. I can go. Let's go. How, how much longer are we You got? wore number 18 at LSU, though. So let's talk about Chase on and how special he is and what he's looked like after the injury of last year. And coming in and wearing 18 as a guy who's, what is he, redshirt, sophomore yeah. eligible, junior eligible, uh, what goes into that to wearing 18? Because I feel like a lot of our listeners, you talked about it last year. Tell us a little bit about that, though. Yeah, so look, if you get chosen to be number 18 at LSU, they, they kind of tag at the ultimate Tiger, a guy that's going to do the right things on and off the field. All the former number 18s have a say. We had this group text that – you know, throughout the year, we'll start talking about some names of guys that we'd like to see wear the number at LSU. And this was one of those years where he had multiple guys. You had Lloyd Cushenberry, who's a really good center. Obviously, he couldn't wear 18. He wears that 18 patch. And then Caleb on was kind of a guy that, because he was a redshirt sophomore, you didn't know if he was going to be able to get it. And then you started to hear stories of his leadership and stuff he was doing at the building. And, you know, there, there were some guys missing uh, the conditioning test. And... Calevon's like, they're not coming back into the film room until they pass their conditioning test. They're not going to come in here and watch tape and break down an opponent with us when they haven't done the things they're supposed to do in the summertime. That's amazing. And you kept hearing stories like that, and it's like, you know what? We need to get that guy in an 18 jersey because number 18 is not necessarily the best player at LSU. A lot of times it's not. And so when you get an opportunity to put a dude in number 18 to go along with the other stuff, you try to jump at it. I mean, Tredavious White's the perfect example of a guy who's a first-round talent and does all the right things on and off the field. Sticking with the defense, we've been excited about this corner class this year, whether it's Akuda at Ohio State, yeah. uh, really a lot of different guys. But Christian Fulton has quietly been one of the better yeah. corners in the country, and he really was solid last year too. What do you think the ceiling is for Fulton, and just what have you seen from him this year? Because he looks even better than last year. Yeah, he's a guy that can continue to, to really grow because he, he missed some time in college football. He had an off-the-field deal, and he missed some time. And I felt like last year he played really well, was playing catch-up a little bit and, and getting in football shape and getting back to that technique that you use at corner. And so I thought last year he had a really nice year. This year he's been playing hurt. And he's kind of fought through that, and now he's completely healthy, and you're seeing him start to get the interceptions and different things. When he played against Texas, i got to give it to him. I mean, he was out there on a bad ankle, but continued to try to fight through that. And he's a guy that I think still has a higher ceiling. I think you'll see him continue to grow, continue to get better. I hope he's a guy that plays in the Senior Bowl, and you can kind of see him against some of the best talent because I do think at the end of the day he'll be a first-round talent. Comparing him to Greedy, I actually think Fulton is a better corner. He'd probably be drafted a little bit higher, too. Is that the sense that you get or, like, you spend a lot of time around this team? Is that kind of the feeling that they have as well? Yeah, when you talk to the coaches, Greedy was raw. I mean, and he still is. Greedy's still raw, right? And he's got the ability there. But Fulton's definitely got got more technique at this point in his career. He's a little bit more polished of a corner. So, I definitely – I think he goes above where Greedy went. And Greedy, I still think, is going to play a long time in the NFL. But there were some things that – 
you wanted to continue to develop. He was another redshirt sophomore, so he didn't have a ton of experience coming into the NFL. So Christian, from day one, I think has more technique at the position. What about a guy like Derek Stingley, who's just a true freshman? I think he looks like one of the best corners in the nation. Yeah, look, Matt and I were talking before we hopped on here. I, I think here in three years, we're, we're going to be talking about him, or two and a half now, we're going to talk about him as uh, the top corner off the board. He'll be probably the top defensive back, maybe the top yeah. defensive player off the board in he the NFL He might be a top draft. player. He might be. I think like, he'll really be making be. a number change, too. He's going to be wearing seven or 18 like, uh, yeah. when he's a junior. Yeah, I, I think so, too, man. <laughs> he ain't going to wear 24 for much longer. There's no doubt about that. I've ne- Look, I've never seen a guy as a freshman come in with the with the skills and technique that he has. And you can tell he's been working. His dad's a guy that works with athletes across the area. And you can tell, like, he has been bred for this for a long time. And a quiet guy, a shy guy, doesn't talk a lot of trash. And so You don't get that at corner either. No, right? especially top corners. Yeah. Top corners, right. they're usually the biggest trash talkers yeah. on the field. Uh, the guy's got a different makeup. And it's going to be fun to see where he gets to because I truly believe we're, we'll be talking about him being the top pick in the draft when his time comes. For a while, we talked about how we just weren't seeing a lot of explosive plays out of Grant Delpit in the beginning of the year. And right. he obviously was hurt. Do you think there was anything holding him back, or do you think it was just a, a slow stretch for him to start things out? Well, he's playing more high safety. He's yeah. playing more free safety, and they had him back there 15 yards away from the football. And I understand that you had Todd Harris go out for the year, so you're trying to patch and play a little bit there. But I'll be honest, as a former running back, and if I saw seven closer to the line of scrimmage, that makes me more nervous than if he's 15 yards away from for the sure, football. For sure, like Jamal. Yeah, yeah if, if I'm an offense coordinator, if I'm a player in the offense and he's 15 yards away from the football, I'll take that all day long. Same thing with Jacoby Stevens. When I see those guys farther away from the ball, I'm like, okay, good. They're not coming at me. And if I see seven and three kind of walking around on the edge at a stack kind of position there to stop the run, I get more nervous because that's where they thrive. They thrive in those situations. They're physical as hell, and they have a skill set that not a lot of people have And the fact that they can cover you, they can run by you, they can give you a move, they can, you know, Jacoby Stevens can run through you. And so for me, he's been closer to the line of scrimmage the last couple of weeks. When you look at the Mississippi State game where he had 11 tackles, we saw him. So the first seven weeks of the season, he rushed the quarterback seven times. In that game alone against Mississippi State, he rushed seven times. And so you saw them be more aggressive with him. And in my opinion, that's when he's at his best. That's when he's thriving. That's when he has the, the TFL. You want him moving forward. Absolutely. I don't want him backpedaling at all. Well, actually, I would have wanted him backpedaling. <laughs> yeah. But as a runner, you know, you fan, yeah, you yep. So you mentioned Jacoby Stevens, though. He's yep. a player I really like. Where does he stack up with the guys like Christian Fulton and Grand Delta? He's just kind of a, a different player because, and you don't want to call him a tweener because I was a tweener and I always hated that title, right? <laughs> That's actually a compliment yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, back in yeah. your day, it was yeah, like, it, no, it was not good. It was a yeah. negative. It was definitely uh, it meant a white negative running mark. back. Yeah. Meant, yeah. Uh, we all knew it. But like Jacoby Stevens is a guy, he's played outside line linebacker in his career he's played he's h-back played in his career he's played yeah. receiver in his career he's now he's settling in at safety at the end of last year you could have made an argument he was the best rusher on this team you really could have made that argument and so this year he's kind of slowly started to gain some of that trust and coverage from the coaching yep. staff and it's actually worked out pretty well he had a really nice interception against mississippi state he's a guy that can line up almost anywhere and you want him just just be creative. Be creative with three and seven because they can do so many different things. Yep. Don't pigeonhole them into one talent. So I yep. hope that's what you see later today. You played one year under Nick Saban at LSU, yeah. which we were talking about this morning. Like people, I think we've forgotten that Nick was ever at LSU. It's yeah. like a whitewash from our memory. What is Nick like before a big game? 
The thing that, that, that Nick's really good at is if you're playing Middle Tennessee State, and I hope we don't have any Blue Raider fans listening, I'm, that's just the first name that came to mind. I don't think we do. Yeah. Okay, good. There'll be uh, one. It, it's going to be the same prep as if you're playing in Alabama, right, when you're at LSU when we were with him. And it's truly that process he talks about. And trust me, I got tired of hearing about the process, but it works. And anytime you hear him say process or relative to, that means he's in his, he's in his mode. He's in saving focus mode. And he never gets out of it, man. It's truly impressive what the guy is able to do to get his team ready, no matter who they're playing. Like, they don't have those in LSU or at Alabama. We never had, like, those close matchups with teams you're supposed to beat. No you trap games. Yeah, you don't yeah. have that scare because the dude gets ready for every single game. It's truly – it's remarkable what he's been able to do, man. In, in multiple places to win multiple titles – it truly is, and I think all that is because of the way that he gets ready and that process that we keep talking about each and every year because no matter who leaves, no matter what coordinators go somewhere else, no matter what players leave early for the NFL draft, there's like 72 people that are ready to step up, and he's got them ready to go. Right, or Delamosis gets hurt in the, in the summer, and you're like, okay, we're fine. Yeah. I noticed that you're not wearing your national championship ring today. <laughs> I thought you'd break that out, you know, to rub it it's in a, a little time bit. For it, right? Man, I don't know if I've ever actually like worn that thing out in, in public. It's too um, heavy. <laughs> oh yeah, th- those things are kind of big, and then they kind of like just fall off your hand. But see, the the thing is, if I wore it here, they've got a couple here as well. <laughs> one or two. Right? They've got one for, for every yeah. for every finger and yeah. then some. And so, yeah, it, it doesn't maybe play here, but I tell you what, man, I, I don't break it out often. But when you're able to say, you know, you won a national championship, it, it's always fun to have that kind of in your back pocket. Yeah, and you, you did play for Coach Saban. Do you ever do anything to piss him off? Do you ever get one of those good Saban talking tos? I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody's <laughs> pissed him off a, a time or two. I can remember we were uh, playing Bouray in one of the road trips we're playing Bure and I'm next door to my room and it's past curfew but we were in playing Bure we had the door open to the hotel rooms that touched each other right we're just walking back and forth and I was in the other room playing Bure and it was past curfew and he ripped me for not being in my room I'm like coach my room's right there I can see it he said you can see it but you're not in it and just continue <laughs> just to like let me have it because I was playing Bure next door and um I never thought I'd get cussed out like that for playing a card game right, right. <laughs> technically in your room yeah technically I mean I could see it you, you have know? an adjoining room it's yeah. basically your room we appreciate you stopping by today we know you're busy doing stuff for SEC Network doing stuff for LSU you have a radio show that's yeah. on every day you're one of the busiest guys <laughs> in football so we always appreciate your time man anytime for you anytime for you man Another interview. We are on the quad at Alabama. LSU going to kick off in a, a long time, actually. We have like four and a half hours till kickoff. But we have Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl, who was kind enough to make the four-hour drive up for Mobile to hang out with us today. Appreciate you having me on, guys. You, I'm, 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 so I'm shaking times. the cobwebs out still from my 4 a.m. wake-up call. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. Different cobwebs for us, shaking off last <laughs> night a little bit. But that's expected. But you uh, have been everywhere lately, it seems like, and... And the accepted invites are coming in from the Senior Bowl, and I'm already so excited to get down there. I, I tweeted at you. I was like, man, can it be late January? Because I'm, I'm ready. I want to see Javon Kinlaw in one-on-ones, but uh, we've seen uh, probably 25 or 30 players accept their invites. It looks like it's going to be a good group again. Yeah, we're really excited, guys. It was a really fun week. I think we're up to 45 accepted, in, yeah. and there's a number of those that haven't even been given out. There's a lot of coaches kind of squatting on those invites right now, which we're trying to work through. It, it doesn't make the roster building process very easy, but um, the guys that went out, I mean, really the acceptance rate is like 100%. 
the guys that we know that that, that have them in their hands um, have have accepted. So it, it, it's a culmination of a, a lot of work, you know, going back to last spring and watching the tape and then pumping them up all summer and, and you know, through the fall going to games and our staff working hard. So uh, really rewarding week. And, yeah, the, 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 the number of players that we feel like could be first-round picks just from this initial 45, I mean, I think there's like 10 to 12 guys that could be first-round picks. Who do you think is the top guy that you have right now from your accepted? Who would be like number one on your big board? It would it would be Kinlaw, you know. So, you know, the quarterback thing, everyone makes a big deal of the quarterback thing. And we're in a pretty good spot with those guys because we've had four top ten guys in the last three years. So I feel pretty, pretty good about where we're at with that position and guys wanting to come and seeing value in it. But to get a position player like Javon who – is potential, you know, top 10 pick. I mean, the guy's super talented. I mean, Derek Brown's had an awesome year, um, really disruptive. You could make the case he's the most disruptive defensive player, you know, him or Chase Young at Ohio State. Um, but when you're talking just upside, sheer upside of the player, Javon Kinlaw might have as, as much or more upside than any defensive player in this draft. So getting Javon to, to, to come up was big, and hopefully that'll, uh, you know, push Derek Brown and Raekwon Davis and some of these other guys to follow suit. Uh, which of the, the more under-the-radar guys do you think have the most to gain out of these early accepted invites? I mean, we've seen a, a D2 player. We've seen we've seen all kinds of different players this yeah, week. Yeah, God, they're, none of them are under the radar for me. I yeah, feel like I've true. watched too much of all of them. They're like your children at this <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, but, um, yeah, like similar to Titus Howard last year, the Alabama State tackle probably came into the game as a third or fourth-round pick and ended up 23rd overall. Or a Terry McLaurin was probably a fifth or sixth-round pick. and. Yeah, and uh, went in the third, and everyone, you know, Terry's playing his playing his butt off right now for the Redskins. So yeah, you know, Kyle Duggar was a really cool one to go to Lenore Ryan last week and and give him that invite. And I've never eyeballed um, Kyle; I'd never seen him before, never met him before. And to get up on him, um, that guy's going to be linebacker. I mean, yeah, he's he's, like he's two hundred twenty two pounds yeah. right now. He's they've never had a strength coach there at Lenore Ryan until this past January. Oh my god. <laughs> so this kid is like he's a couple cheeseburgers away from being two thirty. And uh, so I think he's gonna be a kind of like a Mark Barron hybrid strong safety will linebacker. Shaq Thompson. Yeah, someone yeah. in that someone in that kind of mold. Um, but yeah, there's uh you know, there's you know, Brandon Ayuk is a guy at Arizona State that I maybe because he's a West Coast guy does you know you don't see a lot of pub, but I think he's a better player than Nikhil Harry last year from Arizona State who went in the first round. He's much more Blast explosive on this podcast. Big play. <laughs> he's more of a playmaker. So um, you know, Nikhil is a different skill set. I mean, they're two yeah. different players, but I just think um, you know, I think Brandon's going to be a better pro. So there, there's a lot of guys, and we could talk for hours. But I, um, those were a couple. Yeah, and you mentioned the quarterbacks. Um, unless I've missed it this morning, you haven't announced any quarterback acceptances yet. Uh, is that a, a thing where you guys are – are you guys holding them to try to make it a – you want to do a big quarterback reveal when it's all said and done, or is that a situation of coaches maybe holding the invites? Where are you at with the quarterbacks? Yeah, I think it's uh, – it's. I know in, we only invited three so far out of the shoot, and I know two of them. I spoke to one of the head coaches last night, and he's holding his until Sunday. I think I could guess the three. <laughs> yeah, you probably could. Yeah. You probably could. I won't put you on the yeah, spot, so, but I think I can. So yeah. this, this week was a big week, you know, getting all the, the initial guys in, and it was exciting. But next week could be equally as cool when we start getting these quarterbacks in. What Now, you guys are also bringing in, like, the graduate juniors. I don't, I'm not expecting you to name any of them, but do you have a lot of those guys lined out so far? Yeah, we do, and that's that's the difficult part of the process, the behind-the-scenes stuff is, uh, you know, you can't work through the school. You can't make it look like we're an enticement for a kid to leave school early. Um, so you're really, at this point, working through agents, and the hard part is you need to pin down, one, are they coming out, 
And two, you know, will they come to the Senior Bowl? We need firm, we need firm commitments because right now, if I get that, then we save a roster spot. You know, we can't get we can't get to January with 115 seniors and have a bunch of juniors come out and not have a spot. So, um, yeah, we're working through that process and some some huge names. There's some juniors in this game today, LSU Alabama, that uh, a bunch actually that are Senior Bowl eligible, and uh, we're already we're, and we've got commitments from probably five or six right now um not out of this game but just overall last year we had 12 in the game so yeah that's going to be a big point of emphasis some of the names if we can if we can get them you guys will you guys will uh you guys will flip man they're really good players Jalen Hurts is an obvious name that I've seen a lot of people already tweeting at you like are you guys going to get Jalen Hurts I don't, I don't expect you to answer that even if you know but how important is it to get a guy who played at Alabama and now he goes off and is having such a good year at Oklahoma I mean, because there's a little bit of a marketing element to the game as well. Is, is Jalen Hurts one of those names? It's like you guys would feel re- that's that's a good day in the Senior Bowl office if you can get him. Absolutely, no, Jalen. Absolutely, he's a big fish for us locally because again, he might be more popular in the state of Alabama than Tua is right now. Just the way he handled the demotion last year, and then coming off the bench in the SEC championship game, um, he's a really beloved kid in this in this in this state. And uh, yeah, he would he would pack people down to Mobile if, if he comes. And again, I think you know I think Jalen needs our game. You know, oh, I agree. Yeah. I think I think yeah. two years ago, and I've said it publicly. Yeah, two years ago when I took the job, a lot of people in the state asked me if we'd bring Jalen Hurts to the Senior Bowl, and I said, yeah, probably as a running back because that's where he was. You know, from a passing passing that's where skill Nick Saban set. thought he should play. I yeah, mean, you're I mean, not he, alone there. We ran we ran him at the pro day two years ago. I still have the timing sheet. He ran four six two. He's two hundred and twenty pounds. You know, and he's a really good athlete, and but he was just efficient. You know, from like an anticipation accuracy, he's come such a long way, guys. I mean, he's really worked himself into being a draftable quarterback, um, and he, I think he could only help himself by being in Mobile one on the field, but two off the field because he's such an impressive young guy that um, you know I know he would he would blow a lot of teams away in the interview process. So uh, we got our fingers crossed. I think Jalen knows we want him, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, hear back soon. A, a rough estimate about how many guys are you guys looking at in this game, Alabama versus LSU? Oh, gosh. I mean, we could name them. There's, you know, mostly with these two schools, there's a lot of those underclassmen we can't talk about. But seniors-wise, right. you know, Alabama on offense doesn't have any true seniors that start. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a bunch of players on that offense that are juniors that are going to be eligible. But on defense, you got, you know, you got Raekwon Davis. You got uh, Anthony Jennings. You got uh, Shaheem Carter, you got Jared Maiden, you got Diggs. So that's that's really what you got at Alabama. And then LSU, it's Joe Burrow. Uh, they got a couple offensive linemen. Really an, an interesting guy that, that I'm glad the league likes him too because, I, I mean, I really like him is, is the wideout Stephon Sullivan. He reminds me of Darren Waller when Darren was coming out of Georgia Tech. Yeah. He's 6'5", he's 235, he's That's an a really easy-moving guy. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he's ever going to get to the point as a blocker that Darren's gotten to, but again, it's taken Darren a long time. I mean, Darren came out of Georgia Tech like five years ago, so he's kind of an under-the-radar guy. And then flip it to defense, Christian Fulton's the big one on the defense. Um, they got a couple good defensive linemen, so it's this is going to be uh, – this is always the best game to scout because there's always the most NFL talent. Do you get any sleep this week when accepting invites are rolling in at every single hour? Not a lot. It <laughs> didn't help that I was in a different airport three nights in a row or three early mornings in a row bopping around. But no, we didn't. I didn't sleep much. It was, but it's good. You know, it's it's good. It's really an exciting time. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just it was a fun week. It Did really you feel was. like an area scout again? Like all these airports, like not sleeping and. 
you know, area scout, you feel like that when you're driving around the country <laughs> right, in your car. Right, when you're right. an area guy, you never get on a plane. I felt more no, like that's an, right. You're I felt like cars. I was working for the Chiefs again when I was doing the whole country. And yeah, on a different airplane every day. It was uh, it wore me out a little bit. And then today to wake up at four o'clock to come up here, it didn't help out either. Now, do you guys look at underclassmen? How early do you start looking at them for the Senior Bowl next year? Uh, you know, we really have to target the guys we know are going to graduate. So that's part of the process in the spring is reaching out to the schools and really trying to target the guys that are going to be December grads because we have so many seniors to look at. We started this process with over a 1,000 guys we looked at. You know, we cut it down to 475 for the watch list. And, uh, and so you, we just don't have time to, you know, spin our wheels at guys that might not play in the game. Right. So we, but we do like when we hear, you know, when you come to pro days in the spring and you hear kids are going to graduate, we spend a lot of time on them. No, that's just smart. I mean, we, we're in the same boat. Like you got to try to stay your head, especially when guys flash. Uh, what I know that we've talked before, you guys are doing a lot of new cool stuff this year. And I mean, we sing the praises of mobile. We sing the praises of the senior bowl a lot because it's such a great destination. Like if you love football, it's inexpensive. The access is second to none. And you guys are really going to blow it out this year and make it more of like a, almost like a fan fest. Yeah, we have to do that, guys. Like just being up in Nashville for the draft last year, I think I've probably told you guys this. It was an eye opener for me to see 600,000 people. Um, you know, it really was like, wow, this draft process is really blown up. When you're when you're working for a team like I was, you're kind of oblivious to all that. I mean, you know, it's big, but I didn't really know how big it gotten. Um, so no, we were, we're you know we've got a leadership summit on Thursday. Uh, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk's going to keynote that on Thursday morning. Friday, we're going to have a Mardi Gras parade um, with all the players. They're going to have their school jerseys on so people can identify them. They're not going to have their, their Reese's gear on. And they're going to be throwing autographed footballs to the crowd. We're going to have the mascots and bands and the, the two participating team cheerleaders. And it's, we're going to close down all the streets. Um, you know, alcohol flowing and beer and everyone Sounds had a good terrible. time. And, and then we're going to... we're. We're getting close to announce the uh, live act. We're going to have a concert downtown, too, outside, free concert. So that should be – Friday night should be a good time. And then you roll it into game night on Saturday, and uh, you've got you've built out three good days, you know. So if you want to make it a, a boys' weekend or, or what have you, um, it, should be, it should be a ton of fun. And like you said, inexpensive. You know, the draft is going to be off the charts, expensive for people. Um, you can stay in Mobile for like 85 bucks a night and, and blow it out. Yeah, and uh, Stick to Football will be there as well all week i'm sure that we will probably run into you a little bit that week absolutely man grab me whenever and i know you guys did that awesome giveaway and i I appreciate you guys pumping that up and pumping our game up and so whoever won that contest i want to make sure i i wasn't blowing smoke on on twitter like i want to grab grab that dude and buy him a beer beer at the bar next door and um you know just just wrap with him for a little bit yeah no we appreciate it dude we know you're busy today so thank you for your time uh good luck getting some sleep tomorrow hopefully uh maybe maybe monday um but we we do appreciate it and we're excited to get down to mobile in in about two months and see all the talent you've accumulated on those teams yeah guys thanks for uh thanks for supporting the game on social and and keeping our name out there and uh love all your work you guys do an awesome job so thanks for having me on uh, we probably saved our biggest name for last today. We have Landon Collins, and I know y'all can't see because we're not on, on YouTube today. There is a crowd surrounding this man. So, Landon, thank you for coming through the mob of people to hang out with us today. Oh, no problem. It was easy. It was easy trying to run through. I mean, I'm a big You're football good at that, player. Right? I'm good yeah. at that, so I'm good. <laughs> Finding the ball and then attacking things. That's pretty much what you're doing here.
Yeah, so people people just uh, are mobbing us right he's, now. He's being harassed mid-show. Right. So uh, speaking of that, uh, lady behind you just said she's a big Giants fan, not a not a big Redskins fan. How has the the change been for you? Honestly, it's been great. Um, around a group of guys that is that is awesome that loves to play the game, football, and then, um, knows how to work and knows how to be pros. So. Other than that, man, it's been a great, great transition for me. You know, I know we're not winning, to, winning right now. We got a lot of young guys that's trying to just learn how to be a pro. But from that standpoint, we're gonna be good. Does that rivalry compare at all to the game that we're gonna see here today, LSU Alabama? The Giants and the Redskins. Oh no, this this rivalry LSU and Alabama is a different level. Oh, uh, I guess it's just it's mind blowing. It's nerve wracking. It's uh, it's more like. It's live or die, you know. It's a live or die situation, and then both teams are eighty. No, man, you you have to win to stay in the, in, the, in a race. What is it like coming back here, Landon? After being in the NFL, obviously you've gotten a huge contract, but you come back here, it's it's back to your roots. What's it been like? Man, it's been awesome. I haven't been back, and I think I, I was me and um uh, <laughs> I think me and a guy was was going back and forth. Okay, it's been like five years since I've been back. Uh, to 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 Alabama. Yeah. So. To be back, it's, it feel like home as always. It feel like I, I'm welcome. Like basically, when I was a recruit, a recruit all over again, it just feel like I, I'm back at home. Honestly, Landon, is your mom still an LSU fan? Yes, <laughs> unfortunately. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you have one of like most iconic commitment videos because you committed to Alabama and like we just said your mom's an LSU fan yeah how did that discussion go afterwards that's one of the most awkward videos I've ever watched like after the after the video after happened, you committed, after committed? After you threw the gloves up man um <laughs> you do that you got the gloves up everything um I laughed at it for a moment <laughs> then I kind of the after after going back I went to Twitter after the game I went to Twitter that's you never want to go back to Twitter and see what everybody's saying in the commentary I, I was like at a thousand followers. I jumped up to six thousand followers oh my God. in that that moment, and then from that standpoint, um, that conversation with me and my mom was just like, "What made you say that?" <laughs> what made you say that? She just said that I made a face, and the guy just kind of asked me a question. I was just honest. And my mom has always been honest. She's always been um that person and uh, kept it one hundred with me, and she's gonna keep it one hundred with anybody that she meets. So that's always been her. How much weight did her opinion carry through your commitment, though? I'm sure you talked to your mom about that. Oh man, it carried a lot. I almost, I almost switched up on signing day. <laughs> she was, at, she didn't. I was at signing day, and she was in the uh, bleachers at my school, at my high school, and she didn't even want to come down to come help, the, like being the pitchers to sign the papers over me to go into Alabama. To you know, it was, it was hard. She was like, she, she stood up there, and I went up there to go get her. All my schoolmates around me, and I'm looking like. I don't want to go down. I don't want you to go to Alabama. <laughs> Crying like tears. I don't see my mom cry. She she rather cries. She's a really a tough woman. And um, when I saw that, it literally almost made me change my decision just for her. Landon, how does Nick Saban do this year after year? I mean, you excelled under him, played for him for a while. Is there anything different compared to other coaches now you've had in the NFL that makes him special? Um, it's a lot. That's a lot that's different than yeah. when I compare it to my other coaches and what other coaches do differently. But you got to understand it's different, different. Levels. You you talking to grown men when you're at the NFL level. You talking to kids that's trying to make a child level. So kids trying to make a child level gonna listen more. But I was sitting in a meeting the other day. I was sitting in a meeting yesterday for the, the team meeting uh, before the game, and the words he said was literally the same words I listened to the past three years. And at the time when I was listening to him say those words the past the first three years, I was like, what is he saying? Like well, I don't. I can, I'm trying to comprehend it. I got it a little bit, but when I got to the NFL. And just coming back and hearing those words, man, they just stood out to, like, clear as day what they meant to, to us be 
to be a competitor at the level that I am, and it makes a difference. Uh, I do want to ask you about a player that we evaluated in last year's draft. You get to see Dwayne Haskins every day in practice. He's getting a couple starts under his belt now. What does he look like behind the scenes a little bit? Um, very focused. Um, he got a, he got his first week of um, actually preparing to play in a game and uh, preparing to try to win a game. Um, I think more preparation, more time behind us, behind that line of scrimmage, be with those guys on the offensive side and um, getting, to, getting to play against the ones more. And uh, within their offense, I think it's going to be a big, big, uh, big change for him. Yeah, you ever allowed to hit him in practice? <laughs> no, I want to because behind. <laughs> yeah. I always trying to run. <laughs> so we tell him, bro. I say, we, and then when he does, right, we just tell him try to get down, bro. You don't need yeah. to take these slicks, these slicks, these these linebackers, these DBs. Just get him try once to get in it. practice, then he'll know. Like, okay, this is what grown man hitting is like. <laughs> I can't. We need him. <laughs> we need him. <laughs> no, we know you're busy today. You got a lot of things to do, so we appreciate you stopping by, man. Good luck uh, today uh, with the game because yeah, it's going to be a good one. Definitely. And good luck the rest of the way this year, man. We're, we're rooting you. for you. I appreciate that. All right, that is our show. Thank you again to Adam Kramer, Jacob Hester, Jim Nagy, and Landon Collins for making this uh, a really fun interview-heavy show from the Quad at Alabama. You can hear the music going behind us. Uh, it's been great. Connor and I will be back on Wednesday morning breaking down everything we saw at Alabama LSU as well as Minnesota Penn State. Uh, and then Mello will be joining us Friday, as always, for the Friday show. So for Mello and Connor, this is Matt. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you.